Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Justin Otto. I'm the uh, pastor of student ministries here at the church, and it's a privilege for me uh, to have these random occasions where I get to uh, speak from the pulpit. It's a blessing for me, and it's a good exercise in my faith as I uh, uh, come before you. Over the past couple months, we've been studying through the book of Hebrews. Our focus has been heavy on the person and priesthood of Christ and what that means to us. Today, as you saw in that video, uh, we are moving our study from the person and priesthood to the power of Christ. Uh, and we're starting in chapter 11. Now, Hebrews 11, for many of us, we're very familiar with this chapter. For me, it's one of my favorite chapters. It's referred to as the heroes of the faith chapter. The author was using this list uh, to encourage the Jewish Christians at that time by listing the legacy of those who had gone before and endured because they put their faith in God. This list that we find in Hebrews 11 is for us as well. Now I know that this lesson on faith for many of us is going to be kind of like a re review, but it is my desire that this lesson will help you evaluate your faith in God and will be an encouragement to you as you pursue Jesus Christ. Follow along as I read the first few verses, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was invisible. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today and as we just kind of look through what does it really mean to have real faith, Father, I ask that you would um, just allow me grace as I speak and that all of our hearts would uh, hear the message that you have for us today and that you would be glorified through this time. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. What is real faith? In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it states, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The words that stand out to me are, sure of, and certain. Other interpretations, if you look at other uh, interpretations of scripture, it reads with words like the reality, the evidence, the conviction, the substance, the trustworthiness. Another reference that relates to this Hebrew 11's passage is found in 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. Not only does the Bible show us that faith is certain and sure, but it also shows us that it is eternal. As you think about faith, I think for many of us, it's this idea of a leap of faith, or some sort of gamble. I put the quarter in, I pull the thing, and maybe money will come out. Okay, maybe I'll win the jackpot, or maybe I'll just lose my quarter and put another one in. But that, according to these passages, that is not what faith is at all. One commentary states, uh, McGee, um, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Let me give you a couple examples of what real faith, to give you a, an image of what real faith can look like. Now that video stole some of my uh, examples this morning. I'm not gonna lie to you. But I think I have a couple more that could be beneficial. Now I pull out my wallet here, 
and I pull out my uh, debit card, and I go down to the BP in town, Wally Carlson, I say hi to him, hey, how's it going? And then I pump gas into my car. First, I am, it's under, it's by faith that I believe gas will actually come out of the, the uh, fuel tank, and then after I pay for it, I go in, and I, or after I pump the gas, I go in, I give Pat my uh, card, and he swipes it. He's trusting that I have money on my card, and he's also believing that the credit card company will take care of whatever is needed for that. When it comes to that transaction, it's an act of faith. And it's even more so when we look at a credit card. A credit card, that guy's trusting that I'll pay it someday way in the future. We know by faith that if we don't pay it in the future, we will um, pay one way or another. <laughs> we will pay. Um, another example is uh, my handy dandy chair here. Uh, for many of us this morning, we walked into this room and we, I didn't see anybody um, look at their chair. I didn't see anybody kind of get down here and go, oh, is that real steel? Um, man, will this seat hold my body? Um, I didn't see anybody come in here with five pound weights and one by one place the weights on the chair to see if this chair could handle their weight. I didn't see anybody looking around going, where's Rick or Jason? They're bigger than I am. They could sit in this chair and make sure it, um, make sure it wor works. None of us did that because we trust that by faith it will work. It's, the, it's based on our experience and understanding of the chair. We sat down multiple times in the past, and it's worked before. It will work again. We are trusting based on the evidence that we can be confident in that chair. That is what the, that's the faith we're looking at here. All too often, students, myself, when we have these conversations, we think that faith is something that's just over there, some kind of wishful thinking. Our faith is blind, and that is not the reality that Scripture tells us, and it's not the reality around us. Now let's talk about the faith, what faith is not, okay? Faith is not blind. And I, I think, did I have the definition on that, Charlie, or no? Is it up there? All right, per perfect. It is not blind. The definition of blind faith is belief without true understanding, perception, or discrimination. Um, when I look at this one, it's believing everything your parents told you. Okay, the tooth fairy is real, Santa Claus is real, the Easter Bunny's coming in a month, all right? It is this idea that if my parents are Christians, I'm a Christian. Okay, so I claim somebody else's faith. It's a blind faith. All right, let's put up the other one here. A leap, definition of leap. An act or instance of accepting or trusting in something that cannot readily be seen or proved. How many of you in this room have taken a leap of faith before? All right, good. Many of us have. We... Um, we ask that boy or girl out that we barely know to the dance, not knowing if they're going to say yes or no. Uh, for me, I drive 1,200 miles across the country and live in my in-law's basement hoping to get a job. You know, we do these leaps. I, I leave my career to become the artist I always wanted to be, not knowing if I'm actually a good artist. We take these leaps in life. I had another uh, illustration of put the picture up here. Okay, we got this uh, ice fisherman here. And uh, I was hoping to get Rick's head kind of put on that guy, but it just wasn't going to happen. But as you can tell, I don't know about you guys, but I drive by the lakes every morning, and I um, see the ice kind of doing its thing. And I think God sometimes plays perfect illustrations in front of you. I'm watching this going, 
How much faith does it take for somebody to be fishing when 60 degrees outside? All last week, I'd watch as I drove by, and I'd be like, dude, there's still a shack out there. There's a truck. Oh, there's a guy still out there fishing. It's 60 degrees. The good news is there was no one there on Friday when I drove by. I checked one last time, and it was all clear, all safe. As far as I know, nothing went through the ice. How many of you went ice fishing this week? Anybody in here go ice fishing this week? All right, we got it. Oh, all right. Now, for me... I would look at that circumstance and say I would be out of my mind. That is complete blind faith and a very big leap. Jeff, what do you think? How many of you think ice fishing when it's 60 degrees is a leap of faith? Raise your hand. Give me a hand right there. How many of you think it's, it's more of this faith we're talking, a certain confidence, that kind of idea? Raise your hand. Jeff, why were you so confident? I asked a friend, well, the problem is I'm like, I don't have a clue what's going on. But I asked a friend, I said, what, what, is he, what are they thinking? And they said, well, this person has been out there probably every year throughout this year. And they probably know where the, parts, the spots are that are safe and that are not. They've probably taken their ice auger and they've dug holes all the way out to that hole to make sure they're safe and going too far. Is that kind of what you did? An ice chisel? All right, just, you know, and how thin, how thin was it? How, how was the ice the last time you went? Dude, see, for me, I think it's, cra- I think it's crazy ice fishing in negative 20 degrees. But, <laughs> you know, I'm glad, that, uh, I'm glad that you're confident. And so for me, that's kind of a leap of faith. For him, based on his experience, the trustworthiness, his confidence in the circumstances, his experience, he can trust the ice and go out and do that. And that, so I was just gonna kind of do that test there for you guys to see if I was crazy or, or not. So that's another example of maybe that one's debatable, but I still think it's a leap. <laughs> and based on the person that did it this week, it's even more of a leap. <laughs> what do we believe by faith? Now that we have looked at the definition of faith, for those who have put your faith in God, Why have you done this? What confidence do you have? And how have you been able to trust what God is saying to you? By faith, we accept God's revelation to us. Is what God revealed to us enough to have confident faith? In verse 2 of chapter 11 here, it states that the ancients were commended for their faith based on what had been revealed to them. The ancients believed the promise of the future Messiah, that the seed of Eve will come and conquer sin and take care of this thing. The ancients believed the promise of the future. They did not have the historic record. They did not have scientific proofs. They did not have the word of God. And yet they were commended for their faith and were confident in God and what he had promised. We live at a time when we have the Messiah the word of God, and countless other resources that should allow us to be confident in our faith. We should be challenged as we reflect back to those who have gone before us some two, 3,000 years ago. God has revealed so much to us to give us reason to be confident, to be confident in him and trust in him. I'm not going to go through, I'm going to have him, yeah, he put this up here for me. I'm not going to go through this long list um, in much detail, but I do want to touch on these a little bit. These are some of the evidences of our faith. And some of these I even stole uh, straight from um, 
the uh, apologetics conference we had like two weeks ago. So um, what a great resource. Uh, evidence for your faith, his creation. We can look around and we can see that there is great order in our universe. We can look under a microscope and see how DNA works and those types of things. We now know by science that there was a beginning. We now know that, we do know that nothing, something cannot come from nothing. So we can look at creation and go, there's gotta be more to this. We can look at his word, fulfilled prophecy, hundreds of prophecies that were predicted hundreds of years before Christ have been fulfilled through him. We can look at that and have confidence in the word of God and what God is saying to us. We can look at archeology. span 25,000 pieces of evidence have been found in regards to um, that back the Bible. They have not found things that disprove the Bible, but they've found over 25,000 things that refer directly to the Bible and show its trustworthiness. Miracles. The miracles of the Bible that you read about, they were not done in secret. They were not done behind some closed door so only the Christians could see it or those who followed Jesus. These were done in the wide open where people that believed and didn't believe all could see what was going on and the unity of Scripture. You know, many of these for some of you guys is review, but for me it's just strong, strong evidences for why we can have trust in God. Um, the unity, you know, over 1,500 years, 66 books, 40 different authors, three different continents, three different languages, and somehow they are united. There's no other book of its kind in, or library of its kind in the world. That it's so united in its, in its theme of Christ is coming, Christ has come, he is coming again, and it gives us great hope. Jesus Christ, I'm reading a book at home right now um, that is about uh, secular authors in the first century that are writing about Christ and talking about the details of the resurrection and this guy who has done all these crazy things. And there's a judge in one of the readings that talks about what do we do with these Christians? What are we supposed to do? He's talking about cases that are coming to his plate in 50 AD. It's amazing. There are great resources out there that verify the historic accounts of Christ that we find in our Gospels. The early church believers, uh, you look at the early church believers, all willing to go to their death to tell a lie. It doesn't make any sense. How many of you know somebody who's willing to die for a lie? When they also know that they're getting no benefit, all they're getting is beat up, threatened, persecuted, and killed. All right? And then change lives. This is probably, for us in this room, we, if you are a believer in Christ, you know the impact that the word of God and God has had in your life. You know the impact he has had in other people's lives, and you know how it has changed your life. What a great testimony. God has blessed this church significantly. I mentioned a couple weeks ago we had that apologetics conference. Man, last year we had the McDowells were here. We had the, um, uh, the Patterns of Evidence Exodus um, and discussion time in our ABFs. In this church, we're providing a ton of resources to help you guys grow in your faith. It's been a life-changing for me, and I hope that you guys are taking advantage of these resources. I hope you're plugging into ABFs. I hope you're plugging into small groups. I hope you're taking a look in our library where you're finding books like The Case for Faith, The Case for Christ, and you're engaging in the material that can help your faith. Your faith will stay blind as long as you just say, I believe that blindly. But if you take the time to dig in, you will find that your faith is, can be very strong and that there's much proof for the reality of God and his word. Now let's look at um, a couple examples of individuals 
that have gone before us. I talked about briefly a moment ago about changed lives. Um, in the beginning part of 11, we get a couple, uh, get a taste of a couple individuals that have gone before us and lived by faith, and they were commended for it. Um, and starting in verse four, the author shows us examples of people who lived by faith prior to the flood recorded in Genesis. As I read, please uh, pay attention to these couple questions in your, in your heart, try to answer these. What were the character traits that defined these individuals? And what is God wanting us to learn and put into practice? Starting with Abel. Um, I will read the verse from Hebrews, and then I will also be um, reflecting on the Genesis passage that is listed up there. So for you note takers, you can just mark down that Genesis uh, piece there. It says in Hebrews 11.4, by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. What do we learn from Abel? in these brief moments. We learn first that Abel obeyed God by giving the sacrifice. But he did more than that. He offered a sacrifice that pleased God. And what is it that pleases God? It was Abel's heart attitude and giving his best. He wasn't just bringing his leftovers, he brought his best. And his heart, he did it as a thanksgiving to God. All right, let's look at our next example. Well, actually, before I go to my next example, let me ask you a question. What's your heart attitude toward God? And are you giving him your best, or are you giving him your leftovers? All right, now let's look at Enoch. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, and then in Genesis. It says, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What do we learn from Enoch? Enoch pleased God. He believed God existed and he earnestly pursued him. Believing God's promises. In Genesis, it says that he walked with God. He had a relationship with him. Are we living a life of faith? Are we seeking after God in a sincere heart of belief? Let's look at our final example they give us here in uh, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 7 states, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir to, of the righteousness that comes by faith. What do we learn? And once again, if you guys went back to the Genesis account, there's like four chapters, five chapters on his life a little more. But what do we learn about Noah? Noah obeyed God, I would say, in a circumstance that would have made him stand out like a sore thumb. Everyone around him, it says, are characterized as evil. He lives in a world where people are evil and doing whatever they want, and the world has come to this place where God has to show judgment. The Bible tells us that with this, he still obeyed, even if it meant he was an outsider. And if you read the Genesis account, you will understand that he was obedient to do this for 120 years. 
Can you imagine him out there working on a boat for 120 years in the desert with people all around him just watching him work on this boat? 120 years, people are probably taking tour buses to go check out what this guy is doing. What, what is, this guy's crazy. But he did it for 120 years, longer than the life of most of us today. All three of these men are examples of faith along with others in Hebrews 11. They fit the description shown in verses 13 through 16. And I'll put them on the board here. You can follow along with me. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they are longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Do these verses describe you and your faith? Are you receiving and welcoming God's promises now and for the future? Are you longing for a better country, a heavenly one? And have you placed your faith in God? As we close, um, are you following the, the examples that God has shown? By living in obedience to him, not just sometimes, but for a lifetime. I think sometimes we get caught up in this place where we think, I'll be obedient here, but I'll kind of ignore the Holy Spirit here if, if he's calling me to something too hard. God is calling us to a lifetime of obedience. For you young people, now's the time to just take it on and run with it. For us older people, take it on and run with it. It's all the same message. Are you giving your best with a heart for him? Are you believing he exists? And because of that belief, are you passionately pursuing him and believing the promises that he has given you? And for us today, the promised return of Christ and the promise of eternity and the promise of forgiveness of sins. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to spend some time today with him. Evaluate your faith. Talk to him about it. Identify areas of your life that need to be addressed to strengthen your faith. Confess sin that might be getting in the way of that relationship. If you haven't turned to God in faith, make today that day. Accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and take the time now to turn to him and start your life of faith today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have revealed yourself to us. That you love us so much that you didn't just start things in motion and go away to some distant place. But you are here, you are very intimate with us, and you care so much about us, each one of us. Father, help us to take advantage of what you've revealed and help us to sit in the chair that you've placed before us with confidence and trustworthiness, knowing that it is sure that Christ is sure. God, we give you the glory for this time and we thank you for this opportunity to just praise your name one last time today through song. In Jesus' name, amen.